Hi everyone, this is Laura Stinchfield from the Pet Psychic Radio Show. It's good to be back. This podcast is actually not me speaking with the animals. It was originally recorded by my good friend Kim Klein on her podcast called Seeds of Wisdom, where she interviews me for her show. Kim and I had a lot of fun doing this podcast, so that's why I thought I'd post it here for you guys all to enjoy. And if you like it, reach out to me on social media, and Kim and I will post some more. Uh, Enjoy. I hope you and the animals are well. I have Laura Stinchfield, the pet psychic, on the phone with me right now. So I met Laura almost 12 years ago because I actually called her to come talk to my animals. My, um, this is when Talia was still here in her body, and she had her horses, and we had dogs, and we were having an issue with Talia's main equitation horse kind of doing some jerky things, and we wanted to get to the bottom of it. And then I just was fascinated with the whole idea of knowing what my animals were going to say and what they were thinking. So Laura came over, and she talked to um, my German Shepherd and Chihuahua, and then we went and talked to the horses. And it was interesting because Talia's horse actually said something that no one would ever know except for the trainer. And the trainer had no idea we were even talking to the horse. So I said, how come his name was Justinian? Justinian, why are you stopping once in a while? And he went into this explanation about he's perfect and he needs Talia to give the absolute perfect cues. If she doesn't, he's not doing it. That's how he was trained. That's how it goes. So Laura would talk to him, and it was just amazing. And we verified it with the trainer, and she was completely blown away. So do you remember all that, Laura? I don't remember that, but I don't remember a lot of a lot of the seconds. But I remember going and talking with you guys. I remember um, your other horse was wondering if you had the paperwork. I remember that. Remember, she was so upset about about whether or not you had, like, the paperwork to her saying that you owned her. Yeah. So that was, remember that? Yeah, that was ooh-la-la. And that was the second time I called Laura was uh, right after Talia's accident. I got home from Panama knowing that her animals needed to know what happened. And so Thanksgiving, right before Talia's accident, which was December uh, 2007, that Thanksgiving, Talia got a second horse named Ulala as a present from her dad, and this horse probably wanted her forever. So the deal was so new that when we got back from Panama, the horse was worried that the transaction wasn't final and that I didn't have Lala, that she wasn't ours officially. So she Mm -hmm. asked you for um, what was going on with the paperwork. (laughs) It was so funny. I just want to let everyone know that if there's anyone out there who – is questioning, like, how do people talk to animals? And do animals even think? And do they know what's going on? And do they have feelings? The answer is absolutely. Animals are like people. So tell me, Laura, when did you first realize that you were able to hear and communicate with animals on, like, a real dialogue way? Well, I always knew what they were thinking and feeling. So, like, I, my earliest memory is my parents holding our Yorkshire Terrier, Kathy, over the crib and her looking at me and saying, you're so small. So, I always, like, you know, 
I always knew what they were thinking and feeling. Like I knew if the, you know, why the horses weren't jumping because I grew up around horses too, or like, like how come the dog wasn't eating or, or why the dog pooped it out or whatever it may be. I just kind of knew. And it wasn't until my early 20s that I realized that everybody else did now. So, like, I just thought it was normal. And I, that's the same way I am with, like, seeing deceased people as well. I always saw them my whole life. I just thought that was normal. Um, and then when I was in my early 20s, I got a wolf hybrid named Maya, and she was pretty difficult, and she... Um, I was taking her to Linda Tellington-Jones, and I was going through the whole Tellington Touch program and the T-Touch program, and the instructors were saying things like, what are you doing? The animals are acting different with you, and then that's when I really started to think about it, like, what am I doing? And at the same time, I had started the study with a woman named Carol Gurney, who's also an animal communicator. So, okay, what were you doing? Like, I... That's the big question. Like, were you mm. getting words in so, your head? Were you hearing voices? Yeah, so it can come in many different ways. So for me, I actually hear it, like, my voice in my head, like, whispering. So it's almost like I'm talking to myself in a whisper. But what's happening is that my mind is transferring the images that they're sending, the feelings in their body, um, and just, like, a sense of knowing all into words. And so if you break it down, like some people might just see visuals. They might just see pictures when they're with their animal. Other people might just have a sense of knowing, and they might not hear anything or see anything. They just have this idea that they know what their animal is saying. So, and then, and then also the feelings in your body. So if your dog has a hurt shoulder, you might have a hurt shoulder. So that's why it's important to kind of know yourself and kind of know what's going on in your mind and what's going on in your body so that you can decipher when another feeling pops in or someone else's feeling pops in, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. So it's basically just like human spirit communication, but it's with the animal. Yeah, it's telepathy. Pretty it's much that. telepathy. So yeah, what is so annoying it, to me is that when I meet people who say, oh, animals are just animals, and they don't know what you're thinking, and they don't know what you're saying, and I'm like, no way, you are so wrong. I know that when I talk to my animals, they understand everything that I'm saying. They look at me, and I'm they sure. have an attitude. So, yeah, it's really the <laughs> issue is whether I, whether I can understand what they're saying back, and so that's what you have, this amazing ability to understand what the animals are saying back. Yeah, um. and I feel like most people can learn it. Like, I feel like it's a learned skill. So there are many people out there who's empathetic. You go into a room, and the room is charged. Everyone's dancing. You feel super happy. You go into a room where there's just an argument, and then you start to feel, you know, like irritated or upset. And it's the same exact thing, but studied. I call what I do intuition studied. Yeah, that sounds perfect. It sounds perfect because I know that my, what I've been like learning through the years, I've been concentrating on learning to talk to Talia. Well, I can talk to her, learning to hear her talk to me mm. and whatever other spirits, Michael, that I want to hear. Um, 
and how to pick up on that and how to pick up on the different energies. And that's exactly what you were just saying. It's just that mm-hmm. we're associating it right now with talking about animals, but it's really mm-hmm. exactly the same as all spirits and people. It is. Yeah, it's just a different frequency with spirits than it is with the animals. It's like turning a radio dial. But that's why it's so important to know yourself and to know, like, how do you feel and how do you think and and the pattern of the way you think so that when another feeling comes in, you can understand it or you can start saying, okay, I just felt something else. What is that? So, for instance, like, I might be, I work at my computer talking to the animals all day and and, you know, all of a sudden, like, I might, my wrist or something might start hurting. And I'll have to think to myself, okay, like, what's going on right now? Is this my wrist hurting from typing? Or is it the animal's wrist hurting that's just kind of seeping through? So I've got to even kind of sit back and sort of then ask myself, like, is it my pain? And then ask the animal if it's their pain. Where most people don't do that, they just accept it as their own. That can be dangerous, I think, because when we start accepting things as our own, sometimes they get locked in the body, and then all of a sudden we've got we're holding our emotional issues stuck inside instead of letting them go. But that's kind of another another topic. That is, but it's a fascinating one, and we should talk about mm-hmm. it um, another time for mm-hmm. sure. When you accept it, then they stay, and the people do. They accept all this mm-hmm. stuff. But besides, let's just move back to the animals. Um, some people think that animals don't have souls or that animals, when they die, that's it, or animals can't communicate. I mean, how would you answer somebody who said animals do not have a soul and animals are just things? I mean, what would you Well, I think that people who are saying things, like people who are saying something like that, they don't have a connection with an animal. You know, they don't have, they don't have a pet because if you have a pet, and you are close to that pet, and you love that pet, you just notice. Like, you notice that that they're in tune with you. You notice that when you talk to them, they cock their head, like they're understanding you, or they do a certain thing, like they understand you, or you're sad, and they come up to comfort you. So people who are saying that, I think, are people who don't really have pets and are close to pets, and then I just say, you know, like, if someone's a real skeptic, I don't, I don't waste my breath on them because, yeah, like you could be, you could be right on, and they're gonna have an excuse about why you're off a little bit. It doesn't make sense, or you know. So I don't even waste my breath with those people. But with the people who are kind of on the fence and are like, yeah, I love the concept of that. Like that's a great idea that our animals are like understanding us. So I just tell people just to watch. You know, just to watch them yourself and be a little bit more aware. Be a little bit more aware when you when you take the time to be really clear and to pay attention to the way you're speaking with your animals, like speaking in the positive. So, for instance, like let's say you don't want your dog to jump on you when you come in the door. You want to tell your dog to stay off and really picture in your mind your dog staying off and all fours on the ground rather than saying things like don't jump because when you say don't jump you're actually picturing the jump and you're feeling the energy of what it's like to jump and so the the dogs have a harder time understanding it if they can understand it it's a harder time you just want to be really clear and the more you do that and the more you sort of take the time to be really clear in your communication 
the animals are going to understand you better. And then, and then if you take the time to actually watch, you know, we're so busy these days with cell phones and, and to-do lists and just, you know, drama in your head or whatever it may be, just things to do that people don't watch, you know? And so if you, if you talk to them and then take the time to watch, you'll see it with your own eyes. Like it's, it will be right in front of you. Like you, you'll see that they're listening to you. You'll notice that they'll go to jump up and then they'll stop themselves and they'll be a little calmer. You know, you'll just notice that whatever you said actually got through. So um, really, yeah. they're the best, the best proof of it is totally. your relationship with your own animal. I'm going to go back to something yeah. you said about um, – when you say something in the positive versus the negative, that it's already a picture mm-hmm. in your head. And so, like, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand that intent, what the intent in your mind causes everything in your life. And so, like, you mm-hmm. have a picture in your head of them, of you saying, don't jump. So it makes a picture in your head mm-hmm. like, instantaneously of them jumping. And that intent goes out there, and they pick up on that intent. And that's the same mm-hmm. with people to people people to animals, people mm-hmm. to the energy in the world. And so I have this experience, which has nothing to do with animals, but it's based on that first thought causing an intent, which then makes an effect mm-hmm. in the universe. Like I was doing this energetic experiment exercise with somebody. And what you do is you actually, you hide and you project your presence to a different spot. So the people don't know you're behind this bush. They think you're behind All right, bush. cool. So yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, it's way cool. So what happens is you have to watch your intent because, like, I was looking, I'm going to go behind that bush. Then I changed my mind. No, I'm going to project over there. So what happened, I hid behind bush one. And then the person looking, they thought I was behind bush two, which was good because they didn't know I was in bush one. But I really changed my mind and projected myself to bush three. And that was a perfect Mm -hmm. example of my intent sent my energy to bush two, and that's Mm -hmm. where it stayed. So that initial thought that Mm -hmm. you have. Yeah, well, maybe they haven't followed it yet. I mean, that's like they're kind of a neat thing because maybe they're still following your energy. Like maybe it has a trail or like a time lapse and maybe they would, after bush two, they'd go to bush three. Who knows? Well, totally. You hit on something, which is totally a huge subject for another podcast. But yes, energy has trails and it stays there and it moves to different places and you can track it. You can track the energy. So that's a huge subject. And that's where, like, all of my studies for the last, like, mm-hmm. 11 years have been. But um, going back to the animals, yeah, I have, as you know, I have two African greys, a conure, a Yorkie, and a cat. So it's a little crazy, but not as crazy as some. So <laughs> the African greys are so smart. And so there's no way when you know these birds that you can think that they don't have intelligence, that they don't have the ability to think, analyze, and that they don't have a soul. It's like we, one of our birds, well, both of our birds say things like, you're so rude and interesting little things they say. We taught them all sorts of crazy things. So you would think that they would, if they didn't really have the analytical ability or something behind just plain memory, that they wouldn't be able to do what I'm about to say, which is if I do something that they've never seen before, they then have the correct response. Like if I go behind their cage and do something that I've never done, you know, they say, you're so rude. And it's like, huh, 
they normally, if it was not for them having that ability, they wouldn't say it then. They'd only say it in response to something that they had already mm -hmm. heard. So when people say... They say African greys are like the intelligence of a five-year-old child. They say. They are. They, they really are. And it's like the five-year-old child that does funny things. So, um, mm -hmm. okay, so let's go back <laughs> to some interesting things that um, animals say. I know that people well, are very Well, first. actually, like, like, let's go back to that intent, which is, this is important to say, too. Like, it's important that you hold that intent and that you kind of, you, you keep with that intent. So, for instance, like, let's say we're going back to that your dog jumping up on you. It's really important to say, you know, off, keep your paws on the floor. But then in the back of your head, to stay away from saying, oh, my God, he's going to jump on me. Oh, my gosh, this isn't going to work. Because if you change it real quick, then they'll follow that and they'll do that. And that happens all the time. And even the best communicators have to kind of pay attention to that, that their fear then doesn't create a, a communication of its own. That's totally... <laughs> True. That's just like we were talking about, about how going behind bush two, would they have followed me to bush three? Same thing. Mm -hmm. Your intent keeps changing. It makes a little path. And you want to hold your intent to the thing that you want to hold it on, which is like yes. the hardest thing on the planet to do because that's the basis of changing your life, really. Um, yeah. Is, yeah. And to, to add a little bit more on to it is that to remember to breathe. Because if you're talking to them and you're holding your breath, you're kind of stopping that energy too. And and the animals are kind of sort of closer. They pick up on that that breathing rhythm more than humans do. So it's important to be steady and to be calm when you're talking to them. Because holding your breath is sort of like a form of anxiety. We don't okay. want to send that to them either. That is interesting. Um. Okay, so I want to go back to actual communication for a second. Some people are still like, eh, I don't know about this. Jumping is one yeah. thing, but the dog saying they don't like this is another thing. So but I'm going to go back to my dog, Gunther, the German Shepherd. And the first time you ever met him, I had just brought him home from the trainers. Now, Gunther, he stayed at the trainers for three weeks at a time, and he had agility training, and um, he was really well-trained as far as his normal behavior trainer was a very well-known Shiston trainer, too. So he was there amongst the animals that were having Shiston training and protection training and bite training. So one of the first things he said to Laura was, hey, I don't want to bite anyone. And the reason that he said that for my listeners is that, and you asked him, well, why would you say that? He says, well, because other dogs, mm -hmm. they're learning to bite. So that, nobody could figure that one out. No one would make that up. Laura didn't know that the dog had just come back from the trainers, which was a shift trainer, and there were other dogs getting bite training. She had no idea why Gunther was even talking about that. And so then I told her, and then we told him, oh, you don't have to. You're not learning to do that. And he was so happy that he didn't have to learn how to bite anybody. So for any doubters out there, there is nothing to doubt. I mean, seriously, animals communicate. I know. It's on, it's on amazing the things that they come up with I mean just the things that they sort of know about I mean they'll come up with really random things like that you that you even think are like pointless you know and like like for instance you know somebody's 
you know, been shopping for pillows or something. Like the, the cat will be like, oh, we're getting new pillows for our, for our, which yeah. like completely random. And sometimes like the people are even doing things like outside of the work, like, like, or outside of the house, like people who are at work, the animals will talk about like relationships with coworkers or something, you know? I mean, especially if you're having some stress with like a coworker and then you come home and you're thinking about it, the animals will mention it. They'll be like, I think you should like leave your job or I think you should say to that guy or I think you should kick that guy in the butt when he's walking out the door. Yeah, I think that that's amazing. And that, all this just leads into so many other topics about, like, the universal information field. You know, it's like animals, yeah. spirit knows all. Just like people, spirit knows all. It's just a matter of being able to tap into mm-hmm. it. Um, I yeah. love you know, it. I love it. Said to me, one cat said to me, she was talking about, like, the tsunami, and she was like, she was, and I was like, how did you know about that? And she was like, I read it in a spiritual newspaper. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> oh, my God, that is so funny. <laughs> but I know. But then, like, other things they say is they talk about, you know, I mean, I, a lot of people call me through, like, death, dying, and illness. It's like, how do you feel in your body? You know, like, what makes you feel better? What makes you feel worse? You know, we talk about funny things, but they, they're very serious, too, about things that are going on in their life. Yeah. Like, what What do you love training-wise? What do you love to do? You know, those types of things. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of your clients that call because it's just so cool. But I know there's a lot of clients yeah. that call because there's, like, problems. Problems. Somebody yeah. sick or whatever. Yeah, serious issues, yeah. Yeah, or, like, behavioral issues with the animals. I know that you are not only an mm-hmm. animal communicator, but you are animal behaviorist, right? Before I did the animal communication, I was a... Kellington Touch Practitioner, which is like a humane way to train animals, but then it's also a massage, for lack of a better word. Uh, it's like a touch that, that helps calm the nervous system in animals and helps ground them and speeds up the healing process of wounds. And so, and they really, the Linda Kellington Jones, she, she really was a huge um, impact on me and my, and where, where I am today. And the fact of, like, teaching me how to read animal body language. I didn't know anything about that before with the Tellington Touch. Some people might say, oh, okay, so you're a behaviorist and you can read body language, so that's where you get the information. It's not psychic. You're just faking it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, no way. I have had so much experience with Laura besides hiring her years ago as being a client. Um, actual psychic experience with the animals. And then we've become friends over the years because after Talia died, I we just became great friends. And you not only talk to the animals, but you talk to people spirits and babies. Now, yeah. I think that is cool. So, um, and anyone who's like anyone who can't speak for themselves, so somebody who's in a coma or somebody who's autistic or or you know high spectrum. On the, you know, like people who, can, anyone who can't speak for themselves. So I've done all of that. I've done people in a coma. I've done people um, with disabilities that can't can't talk for themselves. It was really helpful. That is 
amazing and getting chills because there's so much need for that. People who don't have a voice, they are in a coma or their mind doesn't work so they can't communicate properly um, or they're not born yet. All these people have their spirits and they have things that need to be communicated. What about babies? Do you have anything that you can without <laughs> breaching anybody's confidence that you can say that you talk to, like, oh my gosh. baby? Well, I one baby. He was so cute. Well, he was, like, this was kind of a funny story, and this is kind of, like, about reincarnation. And I might not get – I have a really bad memory, so I might not get all the details right. But the general, like, idea of it was that he was, like, a little boy, and he was, like, baby, baby. And he – kept talking about wanting to be like this baseball player and he kept like and then he went in to talking about like some babies pretty much they're like animals really like you know it's like spirits some spirits are different but some of them will like all of a sudden be talking about their past lives and like what they wanted to do and like what they did in their past lives and others are like oh i've got gas you know <laughs> like right right it's just all about the thought their body like what they're seeing um, but this particular boy, he was talking about um, about wanting to play baseball, and he was like, and he said that he played like professional baseball in his life, in his past life, and he was talking about his girls, like he had a daughter and a wife, and and he just said like all these details, and the mom. What, this is the wildest thing. She took all that information and she Googled it. And she found this baseball player who, um, I don't think he was major league. I think he was like, what's the step right below major league? You know? I don't know, like double but A or something. The minors, he's in the minors. Yeah, so he, um, so he was like, he played and then he was like a coach and he died like months before her baby was born. And he had all the like like everything that the baby said he had was like right on to the guy's life like with the with like, how many daughters he had and like what ages they were and his wife wow and this is the crazy part of it they were from connecticut right and the the parents kept wanting to move to this small town in florida before the baby was born they were like obsessed with it they like went down and they were like they had, had visited the, 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 the small town. They ended up not moving there. But that baseball player was from that town. No way. In, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was, I know. It's so wild. Okay. That was fun. I love that. Love it. I know. It's fun. So, but, you know, they talk about, like, they talk about liking whether they like their nannies or not, and if their nannies are nice to them, you know, and they talk about how they feel in their body. Okay. So, you know, if it's cute things, like what their daddies and mommies do to make them giggle and stuff, super cute. That's super cute. Back to the coma. I think there's so many amazing things that people that are in comas know, mm-hmm. and kind of like the near-death experiences, but they're not dead or in their coma. And, you know, if I'm glad I don't, but if I knew anybody in a coma, I would definitely call you to come talk to them or to go (laughs) talk to their spirit because I want to know that they're, what they're going through and what they're seeing. If they're in 
the spirit world and here, or if they're okay, what's happening? They definitely hear everything. I mean, they hear a lot of what's being said around them. You know, like they'll they'll reference to that when I'm speaking to them, and then they'll be like, "Fight for me," or sometimes they're like, "Let me go. I don't want to fight." And that's you know, critical okay. too. It's totally critical. That gives the people here permission. Because sometimes you're doubting whether or not you should do this or that, and if you know that that person um, or animal is ready, it saves you. I know that when Zippy, my little Chihuahua, he couldn't breathe very well because of a caused trachea. And when Laura was talking to him, I wanted to make sure that he felt like it was time. And, and he at some point said, no, it's not time, it's not time. And then he said it was time. So when I was at the vet with Zippy putting him down because he said it was time, I had Laura on the telephone talking to Zippy and me at the same time. And it was just amazing having Zippy talk about the process of transitioning. It was it's beautiful. And I felt so good. Everybody has to put an animal down should call you and I to make sure that the animal's good with it so you don't feel guilty. I think that you should talk to every animal that's transitioning. I think that everybody should call Laura and have them talk to all the animals <laughs> and all of all of their people spirits. Really seriously Laura. I think um I have had like the opportunity to hire pretty much every medium I've ever come across. Because once Talia left, you know, obviously I was completely traumatized. I, I still am. But I needed to hear from her until I was able to hear from her myself, which I still have Laura talk to Talia, and I still always search for signs. But I had every medium I could come across, world famous, not world famous, some on the street, some this, everybody, talk to Talia and to her dad. And there has not been one medium even the world-famous ones that are, have TV shows that have the, such a line of communication with the spirit as Laura. So I think Thank you, that Sam. you are amazing. It's not because we're friends. It's because we became friends because you were so amazing, and it was just how it happened. But truly, so all the people out there, if you have any inclination to want to hear from any spirit, animal, or person, or bug, you should I'm call I'm the Laura. one for you. Yes, you really are. Hey, Super, my followers, they may not know who Talia is. So Talia, for the people who don't know, is my daughter who in December of 2013, uh, 2013, 2007, she was just turned 13. Her and her dad were killed when their little small plane crashed into the volcano in Panama. And it was obviously hell. And I went to Panama, and there was a three-day search. The plane was missing. We had no idea where it was. It was in the jungle. And from that moment that we knew that she was gone, because, of course, I wasn't going to admit that she was gone until we actually found the plane and confirmed. And, by the way, it was Survivor Talia's friend, but that's a whole different story. So Talia started communicating. She um, reached out and was sending messages and communicating through the uh, – a medium that I knew from before, Rebecca, and then immense communications through Laura, and Talia's been nonstop communicating since. And for people who think that at a certain point the spirits don't want to talk to you anymore, if they want to talk to you, they're going to talk to you regardless of how long it's been. Your loved ones mm -hmm. are there for you if you want to talk to them, and if they have something to say, they're going to try to get through to you. They're going to put signs yeah. out there. And so don't be afraid to contact them. 
And don't think you're holding them back because that is not even true. That's just a line that a lot of religions put out there. And I think that, like, the holding them back, that's a common question for, like, me and my work, and especially with the pets, like, if we communicate with them and how often can we communicate with them and, like, how often can I, can they, even the humans themselves talk to their own animals themselves, like, when they're at home, you know, without me, like, is it holding them back? And I don't believe it's ever holding them back. I think they like to have that connection with us. Or I know that they like to have that connection with us. The only time I feel like it can hold a spirit back is if you're suicidal. So if you're mm. suicidal because somebody had died and you're, like, like grabbing onto them and, yeah, that you're not moving forward and healing or just, just allowing yourself to have some joy in life, um, then – that, that can hold them back because they're so concerned about you and they're so worried about you and they, they, they want you to be happy. And then people then say to me, like, oh, my gosh, I've been like that. I'm not talking about the normal mourning period that you have when somebody you love has passed away. It is fine to be devastated, curled up in a ball crying because your loved one passed away. I'm talking about, you know, it going on years and it being really, really um, – like, just suicidal. Yeah. I totally get it because I know that when you heal, it heals them. And when you mm-hmm. um, pray for them, if you pray, it helps them. Everything mm-hmm. that you do, they want you, their loved ones here, to live their life to the fullest. And they don't want to see you hurt. And the pain is obvious, but like you said, that extreme suicidal never-ending that's different. So back mm-hmm. to Talia for a second. So Talia, it's been since December of 2007, and um, we still talk to her. She has amazing things to say. In fact, she, in the beginning, was talking so much. She had so many messages that she wanted to talk about that that's where the basis of The Universe Speaks came from. The books, Talia's communication books, The Universe Speaks, for those that don't know, are 100% dialogue between Talia and somebody else, not me, with messages of love and healing and um, how to communicate and just how to live life authentically to your true self. Talia had messages that, you know, have been out there for years, but she put it in this way where everyone can understand it and realize that everyone can communicate with the spirits if you believe, and you just need to do it. And you don't have to be... Special, you don't have to be anything. You can just communicate, and the spirits want to talk to you. So the universe speaks, a heavenly dialogue, are Talia's dialogues from the first few years after she transitioned. And she still speaks, but the books, her purpose of the books are done. So there's just the book one and book two. But And you can story. purchase those right on Amazon and on Kim's website, right? Exactly. Yep. And, or any bookstore can order them if they're not in. But, yes, they're on Amazon. And Hummingbirds Don't Fly in the Rain is my book about the whole incident in Panama, the searching, Toya's communication, how it changed my life, because I was agnostic and did not believe in anything until she reached out and actually squeezed my wrist, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm laying there crying and in a state of kind of sleepiness, and she squeezed my wrist to say, Mom, I am here. And at that very moment, my phone rang, and it was Rebecca, the medium, saying that Talia wants you to get her bracelet. And it's a huge story. It's unbelievable. 
So, Laura, I'm mm. really, really happy that we're able to do this. And I know that we have about 15 yeah. other things we can talk about that we touched on for future podcasts. This is what Kim and I do pretty much every day on the phone. We <laughs> can banter back and forth about all sorts of yeah. spiritual. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. So, Laura, how can people get a hold of yeah. you and hire you? So the best way to get a hold of me is through my website, which is thepetpsychic.com. That's thepetpsychic.com, and psychic is P-S-Y-C-H-I-C. You can also find me on Facebook, Laura Stinchfield, or uh, you can just type in there, the Pet Psychic, Laura Stinchfield, um, and you'll find me. On, on Instagram, the Pet Psychic. Check her out. Read her blogs. There's so many cool things that the animals have said to yeah. years and people. And um, call her. Have her talk to everybody. So thank you, Laura. And YouTube, too. Yeah, you can find videos on YouTube and Live Talk Radio, great stuff out there. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we'll continue with some more subjects later. Thanks a lot, Laura. Oh, thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me on.